Alright. Alright, guys. So, we're st- we, this episode's going to be a little shorter than usual. Just because Johnny and I ran into a couple of hiccups on the way. Uh, we went to go get some fast food. Went to Jack in the Box. And on the way back, uh, my tire popped? Did it pop? It didn't pop. You have run flats. Right. So, it turns out my car does not have a spare tire in the back. What it does have is these special type of tires, I'm guessing, right? They're not normal tires. Yeah. That when they're, like, supposed to be flat, they kind of deflate a little, but don't fully deflate. Yeah, but the tires are super worn, so, like, the, the edges of your tires started, like, popping off of the side. And yeah, and we hear, like, in the engine. we hear this weird, like, whipping, like, like, pop, 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 like, what the hell? So I pull yeah. over. I go outside. Johnny's already outside on the, on the scene. He has his flashlight. And I thought, like, oh, is it pop? Because I didn't feel the drop. I didn't feel the drop. So I'm like, what happened exactly? And then we see, like, these little, like, strips. Like, these thin, like, rubber strips from the from the wheel. Mm-hmm. From the tire. So, basically, I have to go get a new tire tomorrow. Uh, so, we had to pull over. To, turned on the emergency lights and drove, like, 40 miles all the way back home. And so, that's why we're starting late. And that's why this episode is going to be shorter than usual. So, we brought you back up to speed. We ate our fast food. Got set up, and here we are now, Johnny. So, let's get started, because this is not in... I think this is the second time I'm going to say this. This is not a car podcast. This is the Duo Sense podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another weekly installment. I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the ever-loyal, ever-stalwart, the badger of the high desert, the unnecessary one, the always-down-for-the-cause, never-down-for-the-count, Johnny. What's up? Thank you, Johnny. How you been? How you been, Johnny? I've been good. You've been surviving these last few weeks? Yeah, I'm good. Got shelter, got full stomach. I'm fine. You got you got like lots of dry, perishable, non perishable goods? A lot of pastas and all of that. Dry beans. All I was stuff. missing with some milk. And some milk. Alright. Don't they have powdered milk? I think you can store powdered milk, right? Is that not a thing? No, yeah, I've tried powdered milk. It's fine, but it's not quite the same. That's like for like wick or something, right? I think. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, Johnny. So we got a couple of news stories for the past week. Uh, let's go ahead and just dive in. We got five. It looks like five interesting topics. I'm not sure if I want to leave with the Metal Gear one or leave that one for the last. What do you think, Johnny? Uh, let's put that in the middle. Okay. So going straight for the Nvidia leak then. Okay. It's kind of, it's this is still a little bit in a rumor territory, but if it if it is true, there's some interesting shit in here. Right. I usually chastise Johnny for like he's like, let's talk about this, and I always check on like, wait, is this news news or is this just like hypothetical? But this looks like it falls between both. So disclaimer, all this stuff may not actually be factual, but we're gonna run with it as if it is for now. Because turns out last time some of it was factual. Like God of War and uh, Horizon? Horizon. Yeah. Horizon, yeah. So here you go. This article comes from PC Gamer, written by Wes Fenlin. It says Demon Souls, PC, Kingdom Hearts 4, and many more games from the Nvidia leak are looking more and more real. Don't get my hopes up there. In early September, a web developer tinkering around with NVIDIA's GeForce Now client discovered a way to access a list of all the games in GFN's database. Some 18,000. Among the database entries, he found games that hadn't been announced for GeForce Now streaming support and what seemed to be a goldmine of games that hadn't been announced, period. 
After the list began to spread, NVIDIA told WCCF Tech that it contained both released and or speculative titles used only for internal tracking and testing. And that inclusion on the list is neither confirmation nor an announcement of any game. But since September, it has started to look more and more like those speculative titles are real games. It started with Act Razor Renaissance, a surprise remake announced and released on September 23rd. The GeForce Now list included an entry called Act Razor Remake. So that was basically true. Mm-hmm. It's a real stretch to believe that someone at NVIDIA decided to speculate that Square Enix would be releasing a new version of a 1990 Super Nintendo game on PC. Windows Central also wrote that multiple codenames on the list from Xbox Game Studios match games that they knew about. Project Holland is Fable, for example. More confirmations follow. Destroy All Humans 2's remake was announced at a THQ Nordic event just days after the leak, and so was Outcast 2. Randy Pitchford publicly stated that Gearbox was working on a new Brothers in Arms. Uh, yeah, on a new Brothers in Arms, period. Square Enix announced Dungeon Encounters, which was listed as an unannounced Dungeon Tactics game, so that was true. Rockstar announced the Grand Theft Auto Remaster Trilogy. Sony announced that God of War is coming to PC. So all of those were on the leak before. before uh, all were on NVIDIA's list, yeah. With so many examples, there's no way the unannounced games on the list were all speculative. And it's looking like more games will continue to be confirmed. The Helldivers Twitter account is teasing some sort of announcement, and Helldivers 2, sure enough, is on the NVIDIA list. That doesn't mean that every unreleased game on the list is currently in development or is guaranteed to come out on PC. Bayonetta 3 and New Super Mario Bros. are both on there, for example, and both are published by Nintendo. Nintendo might let Sega release Bayonetta 3 on PC, despite funding its development, but Mario? Very unlikely. There's an easy answer in this case, though. NVIDIA has a partnership with Nintendo to put Wii games like like New Super Mario Bros. on the Shield in China. There are also games on the list that have likely or definitely been cancelled. Scalebound, for example, is on there, and that's been dead for years. Titanfall 3 became Apex Legends, as hinted at by its short name in the database, Apex Legends slash Titanfall. But there are still dozens of games here that are quite possibly in the works. We may be looking at a treasure map for the next few years of PC gaming. Alright, okay, so here's some of the games that are again listed on here. Uh, We have Demon's Souls. That makes that seems likely. Ghost of Tsushima, very likely. God of War, we know that was true. Gran Turismo Seven, we know that's being made. Uh, they were mentioning Helldivers too. Horizon Forbidden West, I could see that going on PC eventually. Ratchet and Clank, that could be interesting. Returnal, that would be amazing on PC. Uh, Sackboy, Big Adventure, eh, no one's really excited about that. I think. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. Do you want to think Uncharted? Yeah, that's the one that's coming out for PS5 remastered and for PC, right? They showed it attached to the Uncharted movie trailer. Yeah, that one's coming to PC, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's coming to PC. Uh, let's see. And then the Square Enix one. This Okay, this one's insane. That's what I wanted to know. Just go. Chrono Cross remaster. Uh, not a remake. Keyword here is remaster. Mm-hmm. That seems likely to that seems likely to happen. Uh, Chrono Cross was a late PS One game, uh, not to be confused with Chrono Trigger, which is a Super Nintendo game. So Chrono Cross getting a remaster. A lot of people have been asking for that for years, so I could see that likely happening. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, duh, we already know that's a thing. Final Fantasy IX Remake, that could be huge. Because Final Fantasy IX is like one of the most cherished, Not, it's not my favorite. So what's the one that's been announced for Final Fantasy? Okay, the next one, which is like, I'm seeing a lot of rumors as definitely likely, is Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster, which is like, it's about time. Because that game is rough, it has not aged that well, what but it's one, that, on? that was on the PS1. Whoa. And then it got a PSP kind of remaster that's not, it's actually kind of worse, it's slower. But Final Fantasy Tactics is one of the all-time great Final Fantasy. It's probably the best Final Fantasy game that's not like a numbered game. Okay. Like not part of the mainline like series. Final Fantasy Tactics has a, a huge like following, a bunch of fans. And has like some of the best writing in like the entire series. So if that, and but it says remaster, so that kind of makes me not that excited. Because that means like. I, that's what I was going to ask. Like how much could you ask for if it was just a remaster like we had a paradise burnout right burnout paradise, burnout paradise. yeah and it, it wasn't worth like oh this is fucking exciting right right for just a remaster for a remaster i'm hoping that just means like updated visuals uh improved engine because like the old one is like really really slow so maybe kind of like a sped up like a uh we call it optimized engine for it mm-hmm. i'm hoping updated like character models maybe because like the character models are like 2d ish but the environment's like 3d ish so of all the stuff that that square enix has this is the stuff that should be remastered no i still fans have been asking for years for them to do something with final fantasy 6 which is like uh that came out on the super nintendo and the last time we got like any version of that game Mm -hmm. was on game boy advance Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. It is on PC now, I think, as one of the Pixel remastered games. Like, the ones they kind of went back and redid for PC. Okay. But even then, it's still, like, a 2D side-scrolling, like, top-down. So, you do want these, but these aren't, like, at the top of the list. So if you're I'll like, take them over nothing. All right. I'll take them over nothing. They're not... Final Fantasy IX Remake is not my, like, priority, I guess you'd say. Not my... That's not the one I would spend the time on. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster, I would... But not as a remaster. I would want that one to be remade. So I would swap 9 and Tactics in terms of like remake for remaster. Because hmm. Tactics has not aged as well. 9 is still like playable. It's not all that great now. But like it doesn't really... I feel like it's a waste of resources to go on that one. It's like people have been asking, remake Bloodborne. Remake. It's like you can still play Bloodborne perfectly fine now. Like you don't need a PS5 version of that. So... Uh, and this is new strategy game, which we found out later, uh, I think was the, uh, uh, triangle strategy game. Tactics Ogre remastered. That one needs a remaster. Definitely. Uh, Tomb Raider 25th anniversary. Mm, okay. Unannounced card game. That's the one that just came out, uh, last week. I think that's the, uh, voice of cards game we were talking about. The one they showed on the Nintendo direct. Okay. They like, you weren't that excited about. That's that game, I believe. So that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kingdom Hearts 4. There's no way that's like anytime soon. I'm sure we're going to get a Kingdom Hearts eventually because like it's such a huge moneymaker for you them. You think so? Yeah. There's no way they're going to abandon that franchise. It, it, makes... feels, it feels like it's been too long. It feels like it's already dead. No, absolutely not. With the way Kingdom Hearts 3 ends, like there's definitely going to be another one. Well, especially with uh, what's-her-name going to Smash Brothers. It's like, oh, they're still... Sora. Yeah, they're still live here. Yeah. Uh... But that's also that's also kind of like... Uh, what's his name from Slender Cell? 
Like they just keep bringing, they just keep featuring him, but they don't make. The oh, game. Sam Fisher. Yeah, that's what kind of that's what Kingdom Hearts feels like. Like, but we just got Kingdom Hearts came out that long ago, like two years ago. A Kingdom Hearts game? Really? Kingdom Hearts three came out like two years ago. I didn't hear a lot of fanfare for that. Well, it wasn't exactly what we wanted, but it's Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> it came out like two years ago, Johnny. It came out the same I totally time. Missed it it came out right when the same weekend that Resident Evil two came out. Remake. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It came out the week after Resident Evil 2 Remake. So, it is what it is. Uh, let's keep it going. No, other way around. It came out the week before Resident Evil 2. Sorry. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, okay. We have the 2K mi- one. You're missing a big one, but go ahead. I'm trying to see if you catch it. I said Kingdom Hearts 4. I said Final Fantasy. Tactics over Tomb Raider. Unless there's another one that I don't see on here, then. All right. So the most interesting for me is going to be Resident Evil Four Remake. That's probably I probably haven't got to like it. it's obvious they're going to get to it, but it, I don't know if it was Resident Evil Four Remake or if it was a uh, Outbreak Remake. It says Remake. Okay. Which is funny because we just got Resident Evil Four on on Oculus VR like uh, yeah, a month yeah. ago or less than a month ago. Yeah. So. Uh, that would be do- uh, that's the game I keep saying doesn't really need a remake, but I know people want it. But it's like, no, but it's a remake. It's not a remaster, right? So yeah. there's gonna be a bunch of different sequences. I feel like it doesn't really need it though. Like it's the game is fine the way it is now. It's still playable. No, nah, they kind of they kind of have to do it. Okay, it's been like what 15 years since Resident Evil Four. Okay, that's fine. Like I I don't want to <sighs> see a Resident Evil Six, but I mean as consistent as as they've been with the quality of these recent remakes. I'm kind of down for a 6, although I hate 6. I'm okay with Resident Evil 4 Remake if that means we get Resident Evil 5 Remake. Because Resident Evil 5 is like one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I can't wait for that to get like a, yeah, like a co-op like remake. I want to see Sheva again. That would be Chris dope. Chris and her. Yeah. That's the one where he uh, punches a boulder, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a reference to that Resident Evil. They have to, st- they got to keep it in there. Did you catch that reference in Village? I think so. No, no, I don't remember. Remember when the the magnet guy becomes that giant monster tractor thing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like his facility blows up in the background. He's like, oh, I was like that boulder punching <laughs> bitch or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wait, I'm like, wait, how does he know that? <laughs> yeah. How does he know that about Chris? He punches boulders. But that was a fun reference. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple other things here. I'm not gonna get too lost in the weeds because all these games were confirmed already. Um. Besides, like, uh, what do you call it? Street Fighter Six, I thought was leaked. I could be wrong. Uh, the Batman, was it? Oh, it's just three, Gods Will Fall. I think I heard that was a rumor outside of this. I could be wrong. And yeah, Mortal Kombat 12. Of course, there's going to be another Mortal Kombat. There's already been 11 of them. Mm-hmm. Why not at 12? So, not much to kind of talk about there. So, we'll just leave that as it is for now. Let's go to the next story, Johnny. Bioware shares teaser image. It says Mass Effect will continue. I like how it sounds like a Marvel thing, like Mass Effect will return, like at the end credits kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This article comes from PC Gamer, written by Jody McGregor. November seventh is N Seven Day, when the Mass Effect community comes together to celebrate the series. In previous years, Bioware has been involved to varying degrees. Last year, using the occasion to announce Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And confirm a new Mass Effect is in development. This year was a more muted affair on the official side of things, with Bioware presumably heads down working on Dragon Age 4. Though it did share a teaser image declaring Mass Effect will continue. 
The picture shows a squad of four characters leaving a shuttle to walk toward a crater that resembles a Geth's face from above. Looking up close, one of those four is a Krogan, and they're walking toward what might be Geth embedded in the ground. Is it Legion? I'm sure fans will pick apart the details in the days ahead and see what other hints it contains about the next Mass Effect. Bioware also provided a blog post to Two that includes a deeper look at player data from the Legendary Edition. While a previous infographic showed basic bro ship soldiers' popularity, this one focuses on some surprising stats, like the fact that 15% of players did not recruit Garrus in the first game. While it's possible to simply miss him by doing things in a specific order, I suspect a bunch of folk replaying the series deliberately dodge Garrus to see how different it is without him. The infographic shows spoilers for Mass Effect 3. The most popular ending choice was Destroy, with 45% of players callously deleting EDI, or is it Eddie? Edie. Edie. And the Geth to get rid of the Reapers. Synthesis was the second most popular at 30%, with only 17% of people choosing to sensibly ascend to immortality and use the Reapers to clean up their mess and control. Meanwhile, 8% of players were contrarian enough to pick Refusal. I have no idea what any of those means, Johnny. Do you know what those mean? Yeah. Okay. Does that... Do those numbers sound surprising, or do they sound like like about right? Uh, uh, they sound about right, but I have so many things going on in my head. I'm I'm not sure either. You're not really sure, like what each y'all remember what each of those things means exactly. No, I know what they mean, but I'm thinking about my playthrough as you're talking about it. Are you like a part of like the bigger group, the forty five percent? Give me those numbers again about destroy. Forty five percent was destroy. Uh-huh. Uh, 30% was synthesis, whatever that means. Synthesis, yeah. 17% chose ascending to immortality and using reapers to clean up their mess. And then 8% of players, uh, were contrarian enough to pick refusal. Yeah, I think I went with refusal. So you were part of the 8%, the top 8%, Mm. or bottom 8%, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Yeah. Contrarian enough. Does that mean like it doesn't make sense to choose that or what? Yeah, because the story kind of just breaks down at the end. So I'm pretty sure I went with the refusal. It's been so long since I played it. But at the very end, you get those three choices. But those three choices kind of are a slap in the face because you've made all these choices throughout these games. And at the end, it's like it all comes down to three fucking choices. Which one was the one that they added in later? Probably refusal. Okay. Is that because, a- yeah, okay. So you get, you get synthesized control and the other one... Uh, synthesize control and the other one is destroy mm-hmm. but there's all these fucking choices that you make that in like on a in the, like that are very specific mm-hmm. that contradict every choice that you have there so if you pick a choice it kind of dismantles a lot of choices that you've made during okay. the during the dialogue wheel so it's kind of like uh what's that stupid thing that people say it's like uh what do you call it uh it's that where they used to describe Nathan Drake how he kills all these people, but in the game, like he's actually like a good guy, whatever. The sort of you know like what I'm that. talking about, right? The there's a word for it. It's like a very trendy word. Uh, it's like something incognizant. Uh, Cognitive dissonance. There you go. Is it that? Sort not kind of. It's it's hard to apply to to Nathan Drake. Oh no, they call but it. I can't uh, using it. Uh, luminary dissonance or something liter something dissonance where like the actions that you may take in the game don't reflect who the character is like in the cutscenes kind of thing no it's not like that 
Not really. It's just it's so fucking stupid. It's kind of like how Nathan Drake comes off as like, oh yeah, like you know, I'm just a bumbling idiot trying to do this crazy. It's game. more like they just give you a false sense of choice. Okay. So you have a ton of choices throughout the game, and at the end, narrative dissonance. I think just, is the word thinking of narrative dissonance. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know how that applies. Yeah. Okay. Or exactly what that. Well, means. where like what happens in the story doesn't match like the gameplay, like what you've it, been doing. It doesn't match the ending. Okay. So the choices you make are kind of just like thrown out the window. Yes. Okay. All right. Back to the thing I was just reading. Uh, on the official side of N7 Day, modders have restored the Lost Pinnacle Station DLC. Other mods released today include one that makes it clear which of Mass Effect 2's dialogue options are flirting, and one that lets you continue playing after losing your entire squad in the suicide mission. <laughs> Bless those modders, Johnny. Bless those modders. I like how like they made a mod so they're like... Because in a lot of games, like when you... like. They show you like what you're saying, and then when you speak, it's like, wait, that's not what the word said when I chose it. Okay. So like they made a mod so that like what you actually say is what shows up as a text. Hmm. All right. You ever done that like in some games where like, like okay, like that makes sense. I'll choose that saying, and then, like they say something that's like similar but not exactly word for word. Yeah, it's like I can't pick that because you're missing the nuance mm-hmm. in what I previously said. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Or it's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And it's like, and they actually say like, like, nah, screw that. I'm not down. Like, exactly. Well, it's yeah, like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. That's you're way more hostile than the option implied. Yeah, I was like indifferent, and suddenly you're <laughs> making me be a renegade. Yeah, exactly that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I, you're trying to not choose a path, and it's like it chose a path for you, kind yeah. of thing. So. Anyways, that's uh, what do you think about that, Johnny? Is the is the geth is that like resolved at the end of Mass Effect, or is that something that makes sense to come back, or does that seem kind of like a like shoehorned like retcon kind of thing? Or is there like do you see logical room for geth to be a good thing? Those were the bad guys from the first they game. They have to right? retcon a lot of shit. Were those the bad guys from the first game? They were the bad guys, but then you're trying to figure out if they're really sentient or not, and they're trying to fight for their for their freedom because you treat them as like kind of like slaves were those like the ones they're... who were sent by that other group or were the reapers sent by the geth no there were the collectors oh okay i forgot which was which yeah you play the the first you play against the first baddie in the first game mm-hmm. and then you realize there's a threat of the collectors and they're harvesting people mm-hmm. but then over the collectors there there's the reapers which is what you fight in the final third game okay uh so where the... did the geth fit in all this they're just one of the like the races, the factions, like the Protheans or Yasari. I do remember like looking at the face. They're in the first game, right? I, I don't recall them in the first game. They're in the no. second game for okay. sure. Okay, because they look familiar. Where it's just like a one eyeball on, like, on a long neck thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It looked familiar. It looks familiar. So I, I for sure, I played the second game. I think I got halfway and then I kind of just lost interest. But uh, uh, that's when it really gets good. Uh, I might get the legendary edition and go back and play them again. Because I never finished it, so. <coughs> but yeah, oh, I thought you were gonna say something. No, no. If you get the game for like a discount, it's super worth the story. I'll try to see if maybe it'll be like one of the Black Friday deals. That way you can get it too. But we'll see. All right, let's go on to our next story. PlayStation Five hacked by console hacking experts. Fail overflow. This article comes from Tech Raptor, written by Patrick Peralt. And an unforeseen twist that may result in some cool homebrew and mods, Fail Overflow, known for hacking the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and pretty much every other modern console under the sun, has announced that the PlayStation 5 has been hacked. PlayStation 5 hacked is not something I expected to say anytime soon, if at all, but here we are, just over a year after the PlayStation 5's launch. Outside the PlayStation 5, the games, video game industry 
has been on the receiving end of hacks for as long as the industry has been around. Every console has been hacked at some point, and developers and publishers such as CD Projekt Red, Nintendo, and Capcom have all had to deal with hackers at one point or another. Now it looks like it's Sony's turn. Sony had to turn out that long ago, remember Johnny? When they got hacked supposedly because of Kim Jong-il because of that movie? Like, years ago. No, I remember the network hack. Yeah, I remember like all those emails came out about like how like they were like dissing some of the actors and stuff and like that North Korea hacked supposedly uh, Sony or whatever because of like the movie they're making about Kim Jong Il with Seth Rogen and Will and uh remember no I don't recall that James Franco the 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 interview remember the movie called the interview wait but you're saying they hacked the system before supposedly they hacked Sony like PlayStation like Sony proper okay and there was like all these leaked emails about like stuff going on in the background I kind of remember it now yeah so. Anyways, outside of the PlayStation 5, the video game industry has been... Okay, I read that part. Uh, no one knows... How was PlayStation 5 hacked? No one knows except it fail overflow. This is the only thing the hacking group showed us of the hack itself. And Johnny, it's basically a bunch of lines, random numbers and letters just thrown together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea what it means. But then like underneath that, there's a picture of like the PS5 menu. And it shows on the bottom as an option in the settings. It says debug settings, mm-hmm. which is not normally on there. So... There you go. There's no ETA on Fail Overflow releasing this yet, and it's currently a standing question on whether or not we'll actually see a public release of this. Because while some people, like moi, see this as a great opportunity to really dig into the PS5 to see what it can do, piracy becomes a major use for hacked consoles. To help prevent that, Fail Overflow has generally not released their hacks information until the console has been patched to address the issue. Beyond piracy, though, this will allow custom firmware that could run different browsers, programs, homebrew, and allow people to further understand the internal workings of the PS5 hardware. It's pretty cool that this has happened, and we hope to see Fail Overflow release more information when they deem the appropriate time has come. Probably following a PS5 firmware update. Alright. Uh, there's not really much to add to that. I mean, that's... I just, I'm glad they're not releasing that information, because, like... Yeah, I don't want them... I don't want the general population know about this yeah we definitely don't want uh i mean it's not like i'm simping for playstation but at the same time like i don't want. No, but it's like i heard uh, i forgot who was talking about it i think uh they were discussing the vita and although the vita sold a ton people were just installing games through it mm-hmm. they weren't sending a lot of software is the point right exactly exactly i don't want there to be any reason to be like we're not going to support ps5 because it's not like financially like feasible yeah so yeah I'm glad about that. Although, I will say, as somebody who does, like, mod their own systems, like, I have, like, a PSP I just hacked, like, recently, like, but that's, like, an old-ass system that no one really supports anyway, so that's, like, fine. I'm always curious to see, like, what they can do, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, my DS, my old DS is modded, where I can, like, uh, play games on that and stuff, but my old PSP, the first PSP I had, has an IR sensor on the top. Mm-hmm. So you can mod it to like turn the PSP into like a remote control, like for TV, and like other cool needs. Like yeah, of, co- of course I'm curious about it. Like I remember my hack, um, Joe breaking my old iPhone, all that stuff, and then putting, I think it was City in there, and then all these apps I'm not supposed to have, all this random shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about it to see what what the potential is, what they can do. But right. I don't want it to be like detrimental to the system. Right. So. Especially not at this point in its life. No. Like in the future, when we're on PS6 or whatever, then ha- go at it, have at it. But not right now. So interesting stuff. That's quick. That's it's impressive that they've already 
figured out how to hack it so quickly. Like they mentioned, like it's already it's barely been above over a year, and like some people are having trouble even getting a PS5, let alone like already hacking one. So yeah, they're also saying he probably doesn't have intent to release it. Maybe he just wants to show that he can do it and then just get a paycheck out of it. You know? Okay. Because Sony might reach out to him and be like, just. Give us the fucking exploit. We'll give you this. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Yeah, I have heard of uh, a lot of people kind of do the fake it till you make it kind of thing, where like they hack games or they add. I remember who was it? Uh, someone recently made like a mod for what game was it? They made a mod for a certain game and then they got hired by the company. Oh, oh, it was for Cyberpunk, and I remember CD Projekt Red hired a couple of people who like came up with like mods or like some kind of like textures or something for cyberpunk on pc mm-hmm. and then uh cd project red just like hired them straight up yeah so not the first time i've heard of that happening so yeah i saw a mod for cyberpunk that makes everything look like uh, blade runner instead of cyberpunk with like the like the steam events and stuff or what i don't recall the steam events but like in the background it's like very uh what what's the fucking word i'm like you you see like when the shower they have that glass and it's like fog foggy mm-hmm. like that feel you know yeah like steamy like, like, like yeah yeah like, yeah 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 that's what i was trying to say <laughs> like like it like lived in like kind of like a noir company, right yeah i got you all right john the next article comes from games radar it says sony's new patent could bring real-time image upscaling to ps5 and psvr this article comes to us by ali jones ali jones not alex jones ali jones Sony appears to be working on bringing real-time image upscaling to PS5 and potentially PSVR PS5. A new patent, filed by Sony Interactive Entertainment via Reset Era, outlines a plan for a computer-implemented method for completing an image. Traditionally, images can contain regions of missing or corrupted image data. Various processes exist for filling in those gaps but machine learning techniques can be performance-intensive or time-consuming. To bypass those issues, Sony's new computer-implemented method involves generating a, quote, mask, end quote, of the image, revealing some sections of it and hiding others before altering it and applying filling processes based on the presence or absence of holes. Eventually, the computer will learn a relatively simple means of categorizing whether a hole should be there or not, allowing it to fill things in more quickly with less computational power. It's not too dissimilar to NVIDIA's Deep Learning Super Sampling DLSS tech, which uses upscaling technology in its graphics cards to improve image resolution in real time. Sony, however, seems to be working on bringing its version of the tech to PS5 and potentially PSVR PS5. The patent notes that the system could be used within a virtual reality device, noting that Virtual reality headsets require much higher computing power to display a a satisfactory image to a user than a conventional computer monitor, noting the need to use less computing power to aid with user comfort immersion. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to leave it there because the rest is just like stuff about like some person. Uh, Okay, sorry. So I think I think I understand. I think they explained it pretty well. Upscaling, right? Yeah, but they explained how upscaling works. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, okay, so there's textures that are stored, right? But these textures have, like, it sounds like empty spots that are, like, kind of, like, flexible. Or that you can at least, like, alter it without changing the texture too much, but, like, improving it, right? Mm-hmm. 
it seems like there's like I guess like variable inputs. They call it holes. They say like holes. It's trying to predict what's where extra in. data goes in there, right? Yeah. It's kind of like where you like. It's like I correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like when you compress data, where basically it has it's it takes out data, but what it does is the reason why it's compressed is because it gets rid of redundancies, right? Okay. And it just like fills in like so like instead of storing on a computer a a a a a five times, it just says it just stores it as five a, and then just like auto fills in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same data just compressed. It sounds like they're doing the same thing here, right? Where like they have like all these holes and variables where like. If blank, then blank, right? So it sounds like you can just like swap, like almost like swapping in a new skin, kind of. Is that what it sounds like, Johnny? Can, do you know more about you? You're a little more no, tech savvy no, no. than I am. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about this? It sounds like they're going to try to breathe in new life into older games, maybe. I'm not sure really what this means, dude, because they're trying to say that the PS5 is already AK capable, right? Right, but I don't think there's anything that supports that on the market TV wise right now, right? Yeah, or at least not affordably. Yeah, but the the point is, it's prof- It's better to upscale that thing and instead of doing it natively because it just takes up more fucking resources. And I rather see an image that's upscaled that looks like it's either 4K or 8K and then have resources for for a bunch of other shit. Okay. So um, that's all I really get out of it. Okay, so it sounds like they're basically using computer magic or some kind of like uh what's the word i'm thinking of not a caveat they're using some kind of like uh like a trick basically to like do the work but it's really just kind of like smoking mirrors in a way yeah where i wish the article would have went into is have you seen some of the um i guess you can call them renderings on youtube where ai is just developing its own artwork or its own music Music, no, but artwork, yes. So you've seen where it says, uh, like, it'll give you, you can give it, like, here's a ton of birds, oh. and it'll make up its own Hold bird. on. Yes, I remember now. They did this for the PC version of the original Final Fantasy VII, where they had the, the AI upscaled it based off of what it thought belonged in the gaps, or, like, what they thought, like, that should be their kind of thing, right? I remember about this. Yeah, the AI upscale. It was like an old PS1 game. They upscaled it to like at least like PS2 quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it basically, it used like some kind of like, uh, not code. It used like some kind of, um, uh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for, Johnny? It used like some kind of, not code. Algorithm? But like, algorithm, thank you. That, that was kind of like a code. They used some kind of algorithm to like, it's kind of like with Photoshop where it fills in the gaps of like when you take out something out mm-hmm. and it just knows like what's supposed to be in that empty space. Mm-hmm. They use, like, an algorithm to kind of fill in the blanks and, like, turning the pixels into, like, actual textures. And it made it actually, like, super, super good. So I have heard of this before, but not for music. But I have for images. Well, there's a ton of videos on YouTube where you could... Where you can tell it, these are the parameters. Here are some fucking birds. Now, create this new fucking species. And... I, I feel like I'm going a little bit too far from the core of the article. That's fine. But I wish that's what it was talking about. Okay. Um, yeah. Is it just basically just like, is it like game logic? Is like finite? Is like logic where like if X, then Y kind of thing? No. I imagine it's more complicated than that. That's basically what it is, right? Yeah. At the core. 
it's like I, I'll show okay I'll show you and then by next week you can give me your impressions because okay. it's hard to speak about it but when you see it being rendered like in, rendered in is it like time, one of those like learning AI things where like the more things are exposed to it like the faster they figure it out kind of thing I think that's a little different oh okay yeah <laughs> Different. So it sounds okay. So okay, let's get back on topic. So this it sounds like this is basically just to bring um, older games so that they actually look better on PS5 rather than just running better on PS5. Now they actually look better on PS5, right? That's what it sounds well, it's like. It's not just that. It's like are we gonna get PS4 games that are now upscaled to like PS5 like standards? That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. But also with the current games, you can run games that are. 8k but they're not they're native it's not 4K. true yeah you're right you're right so that's part of it too it's not just about the old games they're kind of just like doubling the the lines or whatever kind of thing right not the lines but you know what i'm trying to say they're trying to basically just double the thing to make it look better yeah <laughs> i'm so like in uh what do you call it not inadequate that's what i'm looking for i'm so uh i'm speaking like from like very not ignorant but kind of like a unprofessional language or let's keep it going guys keep it going. <laughs> so bad okay. let's go to our final story johnny the one to me that i most time talking about and that is the news about metal gear solid that's very distressing this article comes from comicbookresources.com written by brad lang metal gear solid games temporarily delisted due to licensed historical footage Says publisher Konami is delisting a selection of classic Metal Gear Solid games, citing issues with licensing around historical video footage. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater are being temporarily delisted on most digital storefronts. The announcement came via an official post on Konami's website, which provides the reason behind the game's removal. Quote, We are currently working on renewing the licenses for select historical archive footage used in-game. Therefore, we have made the temporary decision to begin suspending the sale of Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, and all products that include these games from digital storefronts globally starting from November 8th, 2021. So today, Johnny reads the post. While this may panic some players who have yet to purchase these classic stealth games, I already have all the games, don't have to worry about that. Konami reassured fans that the delisting is only a temporary measure. We sincerely ask for your patience and understanding as we work towards making these products available for purchase once again, continues the post. On November 8th, Sons of Liberty and Snake Eater will disappear from a variety of older console stores. These include the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, Xbox 360, and Nintendo 3DS. They will also be delisted from GOG, a PC-based storefront dedicated to selling games without DRM. Newer entries in the franchise, including Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, and Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain, will still be available for purchase. Konami hasn't stated which historical footage is responsible for the delisting. The Metal Gear Solid franchise is known for its use of real-world historical events to inform its narratives. The Cold War plays a significant role in the story of both and third games. Sons of Liberty is set in an alternate history where the Cold War only ends in the late 1990s, while Snake Eater is set in a Soviet jungle in the 1960s during the height of the conflict between Russia and the United States. All right, and the rest of it kind of just goes into the history of, like, Metal Gear Solid, so not that important. Johnny, I think this is a perfect example of why I tell you that I am more, much more of a fan of physical media mm -hmm. because digital media, as convenient as it is, especially for you and I, as we share, like, game libraries and such, mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's subject to things just disappearing overnight, like this. Like I think they told they, this went up yesterday, yeah, twelve hours ago. So people only had like a one day's notice before the games were delisted. What is your take on this, Johnny? What do you What do you think? I, I'm I understand like we talk about how it's very convenient to have everything like download. You can delete, download whenever you want. It doesn't take up physical space. Doesn't take up like you know real estate and all that. But a digital-only future, like, you don't own products. Particularly, you only own, like, you're basically renting the license to products. And I think we've we've kind of dabbled in this before in older episodes, I remember. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, there's always the worry that, like, DLC for certain games, like, once that game is gone, like, you lose access to that DLC forever. Like, if it's not already on your console. We had the issue, remember, earlier in the summer with the PS Vita and the PSP stores supposedly closing and people were, like, panicking. Like oh my god, and then like Sony's like okay, never mind. We're gonna leave the we're gonna leave the PS Vita and PS3 stores up for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and then people were like okay, good. And then like and then no one really cared to buy any games because like now they know okay, I can just buy it whenever I want. But what do you think about this, Johnny? What do you think about this digital only future where you don't actually own the thing, you just own or rent a license to a thing? Okay, this is difficult for me because I'm a minimalist. Like I like having as few shit as i can right mm-hmm. but i i get it sometimes it burns me like um maybe this has to do with like uh what is it called um the kojima horror game that never released pt pt i still have pt installed on my playstation right people were selling those ps4s that have pt like install of it because you couldn't get the game yeah exactly so i was like if i ever sell this i can at least list that i have pt installed in there right right right. i've never taken it off it's like remember when the iphones that had flappy bird still on them no you don't remember flappy bird i remember but like the guy who made the game whatever like took it off the each the play store mm-hmm. and then okay. people couldn't get flappy bird so then people who had flappy bird on it their phones of addiction right I forgot the issue. I, I think he remember. took it off because he said, nah, this shit is too addicting and I don't want to be... Something like that. Games. But he took it off. Oh, because they used like assets from other games. It was like stolen assets. Okay. So he took, it got delisted. But people who had Flappy Bird on their phone still were able to sell those phones for like a lot of money because like, hey, you can't get this thing anymore. It's, it's actually a scarce good now. Yeah, but... Well, PT, I have my PlayStation connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, if I ever want to sell this shit, I got PT. So then one day I'm scrolling over PT and it has this giant fucking lock on it. And I was like, what, motherfuckers, did you block me out of this shit? Out of this thing that I've never fucking uninstalled? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of irritating that if I have it connected to the internet, they might still be able to fuck with it. Maybe that has to do because it was like a demo, right? Right. Maybe, I mean, it, does that mean that if I install a game at some point i can't download it again if if it's already you mean you not, can't reinstall it you mean? well if it, if i already purchased it and then they, they decide like oh this shit has like fucking bad language or whatever it's insensitive or whatever at some point they're gonna tell me like you can't download this shit that you already purchased mm-hmm. you think that's possible I think it's so. I think it's part of like the license user that we call it the EULA, the end user license agreement, where like you don't actually own the thing you bought. You so, kind of just own the you. You're like renting in perpetual per, perpetu, perpetuality. Is that the word? I don't know. Perpetuity. I think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're so good with words. You basically kind of rent with a one-time fee. You're basically renting the rights to the digital 
asset or copy until it's no longer supported. Mm-hmm. Even if your hardware can handle it or can store it, there's gonna come a point where like you cannot download it again if you delete it, kind of thing. Yeah, the the thing too is there's a lot of the games I play. Although I love them, I feel like I've already experienced it. I'm really not gonna go back to it, especially not if it's in a prior generation. You know? Okay. If they take it away within like five, seven, eight years, I'm probably gonna be pissed still, even if I'm not playing it. But if it was like last gen, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't even gonna go back to it. So I feel like we've had this talk before because I remember when we talked about the PS Vita and the PS3 storefront going down. I was pissed about it, and you were kind of just like, whatever about it. This sounds familiar because you're like, oh, like, who's gonna play those old games? And I'm like, that's important for like, no, it's important. Pros- not prosperity. What's the word? Uh, pro. It's important for like propriety. Propriety. Posterity. Posterity. Thank you. See, ah, you're like a walking dictionary posterity like it's important for it to be accessible because it exists okay you know what i'm saying for like historical or legacy reasons it should be something like once you have access to it you should always have access to it Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't disagree with you but i don't know dude maybe it's just because i'm a minimalist okay that makes sense this reminds me of and like because my friends like brian and miko who i mentioned before they got all of a sudden for re- in the last year they got in really into like vinyl collecting, mm-hmm. which is basically like of all the media formats is the one that takes up the most space. It's a freaking giant disc. Yeah, right. It's like you could just own it digitally on MP3 and just buy it like off the but iTunes. Does it not sound better too? Okay, it does sound better supposedly. Okay. That depends mostly on the record player. Actually, I think if it has, that's more affected by the record player than the actual mm-hmm. vinyl. I think I could be wrong. What is that only? relevant if you're an audiophile i guess and i yeah it's only an audiophile thing Cause, well i don't know because it's like a group thing they've got they've gotten like really into that like uh some of them have gotten they're kind of just jumping on the bandwagon because others have done they're it they're also hipsters very true very true they're very much hipsters and well miko has a very addictive like compulsive he has a need to buy when he gets into something he's he dives into it like to buy everything of that thing like he got pop vinyls, like the little pop figures, the Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. And he bought like a ton load. And then when he got tired of those, he just sold them off. Makes sense. So he does that. So I think this is like the new fad, this new trend is like buying like vinyls. But like I see it online where people are like, oh, I just bought a, a record player. Oh, I just bought a record player. And like I, I kind of want to get into that too in a way. I don't know if I'm just like hopping on. But like I want it for video game like vinyls though. Because there's mm-hmm. some really dope like video game vinyls out there like where it's not just the music, but even like the artwork and the disc itself is like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Where like they're like either clear with like a special like image or whatever. Did you did I show you the one with Kojima where he bought the vinyl for Metal Gear Solid? Um, I'm sorry, Metal Gear Two on the MSX on the computer. No, he like, bought he no. bought his own original vinyl from like he made from like thirty something years ago. No, I missed that. It wasn't a tweet. Yeah, it was in a tweet. Okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I remember, like, when we made the soundtrack for this game. He's like, oh, yeah, like, this image. He's like, give me, like, the history. Like, oh, yeah, this artwork was designed by my friend or something. And, like, so, like, it's not just the music itself, but even, like, the physical media is kind of, like, in itself has, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word? An intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Because it's unique and has, like, a thing to it and stuff. So, like. So it's not just for video games, but even for music, people have like, we have to have the physical media. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Either for collector's purposes or for historical storage. Because like, 
every now and then like how often do you hear stories about this like oh like the family of a deceased artist wants to like take off the store because they're not being paid their royalties or something so they like okay we're not getting permission for the music to be sold anymore like i think that happened with prince or like michael jackson where like temporarily like, you cannot buy their music on digitally because like the family like revoked the rights for like it was like for less than a week but the fact that that can happen kind of yeah. tells you like it's important to like keep this stuff like physically stored somewhere because it's gonna one day not be digitally available yeah i i the thing is i don't disagree with you at all i'm not sure what i'm trying to say like i don't disagree with you but at the same time you don't i understand think... and you understand why people don't do it because it kind of feels yeah. like there's a museum that's holding all this shit and it's like the museum is like hey you need a copy of this fucking massive thing in your house and we all need to do it because we we can't let them to be the only ones with it a copy of it and it feels like motherfucker like i want to like just be in peace and i don't want to have like these emotional attachments to a lot of these except in my head right know? i don't want to have like like i have a backpack from high school i probably had it for fucking like 20 from like middle school I probably had it for like 20 years mm-hmm. and those attachments make me feel really weird when i'm attached to, to an object so mm. i tend to be like i take an object and then once i'm done with it i'm like get the fuck out i'm done with you i've experienced you and that's it interesting you got me and it's like i it's like i feel like there is an assignment to keeping all these things like they i i it's interesting you mentioned that the the Japanese have this concept of um, if an object, if a man-made object lasts for a hundred years, after a hundred years, supposedly it, it becomes a sentient thing. Hmm. It, it Basically what it is is the accumulated like memories or the history of that thing mm-hmm. gives it sentience as like a, as like a spirit. So it becomes something, it, call, it becomes something called a yokai, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a ghost in a way, but it's like a living thing because it never died. Mm-hmm. so like it's funny how the way you're talking about that where like things that we have emotional attachments are things that tend to be older right you don't really have attachments to new things other than the fact that they're new like at first right like oh that's more novelty though yeah i just bought this thing i don't want to like lose it because i just bought it right yeah but then like after a few months or whatever it kind of let loses a novelty and then like after enough time it gains that novelty again because now it has like nostalgia attached to it right mm-hmm. there's like that transition period where like it doesn't really matter that much right mm-hmm. but then after a certain amount of time like for example like your mom she has like so many like antiques right yeah and i imagine to you it's like whatever right it's like not important but to her like her things are like oh no this is from like for example it's not a secret that she loves like princess diana stuff right mm-hmm but she has like like what she has like a art book no like a fo- album right of like photos from her. Oh, she's got. Like, she brought like, like she brought like stuff from when we went to England. She brought back I think from like the anniversary of like her death and like mm-hmm. she's very much into like royalty right like royal family stuff right. Yeah. Now to most of us that'd be kind of like well like why do you care about that like it's not important but to her it's something that's like like I can have this thing that means a lot to me in physical form. And therefore I will have this thing that means a lot to me in physical form. You get mm-hmm. it? I don't think there's a digital alternative to like an album. I could be wrong, but unless there's just collection of photos on the hard drive or something, but anyways, we're kind of getting the weeds to it. The point is, I forgot what the point is. Oh yeah. No, I remember my point. My point is why I think and you kind of disagree to it. Cause of like, you know, there's a limit to how much stuff you can hold. 
Mm-hmm. But I think for things like video games, you're right. Not everybody has to have a physical copy of something for it to exist for everybody. Only a few people really need it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like for you specifically, if you're the fa- if you're a fan of something or you're something that's meaningful to you, it makes more sense for you to have a physical version than a digital version. That's all I'm saying. Because once that thing is gone. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you at all. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why we got into a debate about it. I honestly don't know what led to that. <laughs> well, the debate is is that companies are trying to push us into yes. renting everything, yes. which I fucking dislike too. Yes, because I want ownership of the shit that I already purchased. Well, just think about it, how people like we don't really buy movies now, right? We have Netflix and yeah, Hulu and Amazon Prime and Spotify, Spotify and Apple Music, and it's like I mean, for those things don't matter as much to me and i guess that's why i'm kind of like whatever about it because like i don't care about owning movies really with very few exceptions but for me games that games is like the one media that does matter to me like a lot mm-hmm. and so that's like one thing where like the fact that Metal Gear Solid can just be taken away like that because of a license issue is like oh that sucks hopefully yeah. you got you're into metal gear before that happened but let's say there's like other franchises you want to go back like you want to discover rediscover like Recently, Metroid Dread came out, right? And I'm going back. I'm playing Metroid Zero Mission on my hacked PSP. Yeah. Because I can, you know, I can download, you know, hack stuff to my PSP. And, like, no one's making Zero Mission anymore. That's a Game Boy Advance game that no one cares about anymore. Okay. But the fact that I can go back and access it that way is great. Because, like, trying to find... Oh, wait. Okay, now I'm disproving my point. Because now I have the opposite problem where trying to find a physical copy of something is hard. Uh-huh. And it's actually more readily available digitally. I'm poking holes in my own logic. Does your disregard that? <laughs> do you, Do you have like a time frame between all this? Like, I've owned it for this amount of time, and I'm good if it's just gone. No, I don't like think the so. Year rule. Okay, well, that's a Japanese thing. Yeah, where they they think like if you have something for that long, the accumulated memories and history of it give it like life in a way. That's one of those cultural things. Um. Like for example, I don't care about anything from the Atari age back. I was gonna I was gonna say that like all the like you were talking about films. Like I don't give a shit about like the old like nineteen what is it seventies Disney shit. I don't give a fuck about it. Even if I do like Star Wars and Marvel and they've like bought this company and that company and now it's part of Disney. It's like all those stuff. Like I don't care. Like, okay. do you think our generation is or further generations are gonna be like? Yeah, uh, remember that old fucking Metal Gear? Like, how, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, are, are we really trying to pass it on to them? Because they don't give a shit. Like, all these, just like TikTok generation, doesn't really give a fuck about our stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like part of it is like, we want to hold it because we want to pass it on. And I feel like that's just not the case. Maybe that's not the case for everybody. But I think there is, it is a case for some people who, like, pass on their childhoods. Like, look at our cousin Joe. Like, Joe, that's true. Yeah. his son's really into, like, Team NT. He's really into, like, was it Batman and, like, that kind of stuff. And, like, I'm sure, like, Joe, it's not like he found, it's not like his son found that stuff in a void. I'm sure yeah. Joe, like, introduced him to the stuff or whatever, right? So there is some things that kids do latch on to, I think, like, uh. There's that whole thing where, like, things that every 20 years, like, when something's old, after 20 years, becomes, like, super retro and, like, in again. Like, we saw that with G.I. Joe, where G.I. Joe went out of fashion, like, in the 80s. And then, like, early 2000s, mid-2000s, it became popular again. And, like, the prices for those toys went up. 
Look at Pokemon cards, like in the last few years, like that was in the mid nineties. And then like it came back like we just this past during the pandemic where the prices soared for those cards. So people do rediscover that stuff again, like a few years later, because things become like retro and they come back like old becomes like new again in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It becomes like cool again because it because it's old, it seems cool again to generations that missed out on that. Where like it's new to them because they didn't see it. So it's like, whoa, like what is this thing kind of thing? You know what I'm saying? Sort of some things like the original iPhone is never going to become cool again. Well, okay, look at what happened with the the Sony Walkman from the '80s. It became big again because of uh, Star Lord. But it's functional. Well, yeah, it's a it's a Walkman. You put a cassette in it, it plays music. Yeah, that that specifically, yes. But and iPhones can do that. iPhones can. That still thing function. is trash. It won't still run. It'll fucking run, but it won't. It doesn't run anything anywhere close to your expectation of like or new devices. Fair but enough. a Walkman is it's like you just pop in the CD and it sounds good. Cassette. Yeah. Oh, really? The cassette. Okay. Yeah. That this this is before the Sony Walkman that you know from the '90s, where it's a CD player. They had the ones in the '80s where the it was just a cassette player. Okay. Good. Okay. All right, Johnny. I think we could be in the weeds a little bit. This a little too much. Point is, this sucks. I hope they renew the licenses, and for future posterity, as you said, the word was I think, just just buy the physical copies, people. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I'm still gonna buy a PlayStation with a CD on it. CD exactly. That's more for practical reasons though, because you can play PS4 games on it. Yeah, I still. And you'll have more options when it comes to like buying discounted games. I still have Metal Gear Solid 2 right there. And I've been looking at it for like a while, and I'm like, damn, do I do I want to play this again? Johnny's right. Yeah, I can see it. Is it too soon? Yep, it's up there. I have two and three on my Vita also, so in in a cartridge form, so that's awesome. All right, Johnny. We're done with our news stories for today, finally. Let's go on and talk about what have we been playing. And this is going to be the last section we have to we can do because I, to to, I have to go home after this. <laughs> so, what have you been playing since last time we recorded? Uh, nothing new, really. I tried playing some of the stuff on, on the PS Plus. The uh, What is it? It's like that game that's kind of like Secret Hitler. Oh, you actually played it. I played um, it. Ah, I forgot the name, but it's the one they showed during the State of Play like a week ago. Yeah, so yeah. I tried getting into it. Okay. Uh, there's a little section where you, you customize your character, you change his wig, his hat, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fucking thing kept giving me connection issues. Mm-hmm. And I gave it another day, I got back on it. His cell said, like, press square, it would load everything up, and then it would just kick me out. Mm-hmm. So I said, the fuck with this game. <laughs> And I so you never it. actually played I it, played actually it. play it. It just had problems. But you wanted to, and the game just didn't want you to play it. Yes. Okay. Um. So there was that. There was the. There was another fucking game on the PS Plus. What? What else was on there? That's what I'm looking at. I took out my phone to look at it. Okay. So the game you're talking about was First Class Trouble, right? Yes. First Class Trouble. Uh, Knockout City. I didn't bother it? downloading. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning. That one I downloaded. Have not played it, but it's on my cross media bar. Yeah. And then the other three are PSVR titles, I think. Yeah, Kingdom of Kingdom of Amalur Re Reckoning. I downloaded that. So I... this game has a really weird history, Johnny. I don't know if you know about okay. it. The studio that made the game was founded by a very a very famous baseball player who I cannot remember. Mm-hmm. He made the game by taking out a loan for the studio from the city of uh, 
shoot, I forgot. It, the studio's called, I think it's called 38 Studio. But there was like a huge like legal debacle around the, which is weird because supposedly the game is actually really good. Mm-hmm. But it was like one of those things where like the story is more got more traction than the actual game did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Just keep ta- what else did you keep talking while? I'm trying no, to yeah, I was gonna try it out, but I I kind of booted that thing up and it felt like just not my kind of game at all. I think you'll be into it. Like you're into like from software games. Okay, I was about to say, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I always take offense with what you say because I'm like, what are you trying to say? Well, well, okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, okay, Ken Rolston was a game's executive designer. Uh, that's not the person I'm thinking of. Uh, R.A. Salvatore, a very famous, uh, um, not science fiction, fantasy writer. Yeah. He's written like a lot of famous stories about, uh, he finished the Wheel of Time series after the original author died. He's done Star Wars books. He's done like uh, some other stuff, but he's really known like in the fantasy book world. Uh-huh. He did the story. He did the story and like the lore for it. Todd McFarlane, who you might know from Spawn fame and like some other Absolutely. comic book stuff, he did the artwork for the game. And I believe somebody else was attached to it. Oh, and then Grant Kirkhope, who was a guy who does behind like Golden Eye and Badger Kazooie for the music, he did the music for this game. So it's like a lot of big people were involved. Mm-hmm. in the creation of this very expensive game uh i'm trying to find if i can find the story about it all right here it goes 38 studios owned by former baseball pitcher kurt schilling so let me look up kurt schilling real quick uh kurt schilling is an american former major league baseball right-handed pitcher and currently a commentator for blaze tv uh he helped lead the philadelphia phillies to a world series appearance in 1993 and won championships in 2001 with the arizona diamondbacks so he was a major MLB player, he finds his studio after he retires, right? It says, 38 Studios owned by former baseball pitcher Kurt Schilling originally began developing the Amalur universe with a 10,000-year history created by R.A. Salvatore for use in a MMORPG codenamed Copernicus. However, this game was later scrapped after 38 Studios and Big Huge Games were shut down. In 2009, they acquired Big Huge Games as Ken Rolston and his team had already been working on an RPG that was part of THQ. The studio decided to retool their existing single-player role-playing game to be set within the same universe in order to introduce the Amalur MMORPG. The studio was shut down in May 2012. So this game was designed as kind of like a gateway to an online RPG game, and really it only became a single-player game. And was not like successful enough to go beyond that. Uh, I'm trying to find the the part where it mentions like he borrowed, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands from the city. To kind of say like, hey, like we're gonna pay you back. This game's gonna be big, and the city's like, okay, you can have the music, the the money, and then the game like bombed, and the city had to like default on debt. <laughs> Damn. It's like a whole like fiasco. I remember there was a story about this like from when it first came out. Yeah, I do remember the story now. I don't remember the details, but I remember it. It came out like in 2012, so that's like back when all that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I haven't played it yet, but I do have it downloaded on my cross media bars on my homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm gonna play it soon. And okay, so what else did you play? Was that it? That was it. I was gonna ask you if you played that zombie game for VR. No. I don't have my zombie set up, my VR set up like my zombie set up. <laughs> my VR set up in my room right now because my grandpa takes up like the living room to watch his soccer all the time yeah and that's where my vr headset is so you i don't need like space to bounce around and shit? yeah 
Yeah. Because I play Beat Saber, and Beat Saber, I'm like swinging, and I don't want to hit my hands against the wall or something. So, hmm. uh, so Johnny, I finally finished Persona 5, at least the main story, at 120 hours. What is that thing? I keep seeing the meme that says, make history. What does it say, make history? Uh, it's a meme, I don't know. What persona. does it do with Persona? I don't know. It's, I'll put like Persona, in that, and then there's a meme that says, make history. What? And it's like a wheel. What? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll look this up. Persona make history. Persona. Is it, are you putting five or just make? I think so, yeah. Okay, I don't see the word history coming up. Persona 4 make history? I don't know. It'll show it. Uh... Well... Time to make... Oh, it's the name of a song in the game. Uh, it, time to make history. It's a song within Persona 4. So it's just saying it repeats it often? It's just the name of the song, yeah. Huh okay anyways so is this your review or what is this kind of i guess in a way i finished persona 5 Uh, let's let's do a good uh good review but let's do it on the next part okay at least just like no for sure like tell me what your impressions are uh again i can see why this is like a top top like 10 out of 10 game i would not give it a 10 out of 10 though first of all this game has flaws but it has way more pros than flaws I don't know why I want to hate on this game. Because you don't like RPGs and you, you hate the idea of anime anything. I don't even know what the fucking RPG is anymore. Role playing game. Yeah, so is that just like Final Fantasy? or If there's something... Okay, so... Man, describing what an RPG like, like, is uh, is really hard. I like fucking Mass Effect. That is, an, I would consider Mass Effect an RPG, but it's also like a hybrid third-person shooter RPG. Mm-hmm. Because you level up. Yeah. You have stats that increase. You unlock new abilities. So yeah, you playing the character and you have like options to recoup party members. That is an RPG. That's definitely an RPG. But I think the thing with with that is that everything's done in real time. So you kind of excuse it, I think. Mm-hmm. And also because, you know, the game's like, you know, the story writing is great. The characters are great and stuff like that. But mostly it's a shooter. So that's why you kind of like gloss over the fact that it's an RPG. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyways, back to Persona Five. Uh, I have Pers- okay, so I beat Persona Five Royal. Technically, I just beat the base game. Like I beat the final boss, like the actual final boss, the hardest boss in the game. Okay. The game is over, but now it continues because Royal is kind of like the uh, director's cut. I guess you can call it. There's like an extra story scenario after the main game, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm about like halfway through that. Um, at, so I finished the game proper at 120 hours. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm at 130 hours because I'm doing the DLC stuff. Not, it's not DLC. It's part of the game. But anyways, it's part of the remastered director's cut of the game. So I'm doing the extra stuff. Uh, my main, my quick thoughts of Persona 5 Royal. Um, I think you can take out like one of the dungeons and one of the bosses out of the game. And it would still be just as tight of a story. You can easily scrape off 20 hours of the game. And I know some people would say like that's not enough. But I think you can take off about 20 hours of the game. And the game would still be just as good. So there is a lot of bloat. I feel like there's a lot of bloat. At the same time, I think a lot of the stuff that happens in the game, the day-to-day stuff, because you're playing like a calendar year in the game. I think some of the stuff that happens day-to-day is definitely important for the story because you're building your camaraderie with your characters. Imagine playing Mass Effect, Johnny, okay? But Mass Effect takes place across a calendar year 
like you're on your mission to recruit all these people to save humanity over the course of a year mm-hmm. but like on day to day you get to hang out with your crew members so you get to spend like a day with garris or a day with miranda and you're like improving your social bonds with those characters which i think you actually do do in mass effect if i'm correct mm-hmm. right because you have to do that to get like their special missions right yes so persona 5 Royal has the same thing where you max out like there's like 10 ranks you start off at rank one with a character and then like the more time you spend with them like you solve their problems or you get better with like acquainted with them like then you get like ranks and stuff every other rank or so unlocks like a new ability for you during combat so like one of the characters has um if you increase the rank with a certain character like now every time you battle like you'll get like 10 percent more experience after every battle there's another character where if you increase your rank far enough like now you can run away from a battle without like having the penalty of running away. So like there is things to reward. Like I told you, there's like a feedback loop system, right? Kind of like on Mass Effect where like I imagine, I don't know. I'm guessing your characters probably unlock new abilities if you max out like their special mission thing, right? Or like their friendship with you or you get a special item maybe or something. Well, you do loyalty missions. And loyalty missions do what? They don't die at the end okay. of the fucking game. <laughs> they don't die at the end of the game. So in Persona 5 Royal, like, you unlock... Uh, so remember how I told you how, how each character has, like, a persona, like, which is, like, a, a thing they can summon to fight for them? Yeah. If you max... For every character you max out a, a like, friendship with them or whatever, mm-hmm. when you max it out, you unlock, like, the strongest persona for that specific character. Okay. So there... Like, like I said, there is, like gameplay combat reasons to do stuff outside of combat and then like certain characters you can only advance your relationship okay i don't want to say too much no Mm. no there's only like there's three endings i believe and what there's just the bad ending where i guess everybody fails but there's no there's not an ending for each specific character in case they die or something no it doesn't work that way it's either you all fail or you all succeed so there's no guns no cars there is guns there is guns. guns. Okay. Each character has a gun. But do they feel like high stakes? What do you mean high stakes? Like, oh, this motherfucker, I'm gonna lose this dude. Cause there's no, cause no. I mean, there's certain enemies like have a weakness to guns, and that's when you use your guns. Okay. Like, there's some enemies that are like, oh, like my physical attacks, my sword's not working. Oh, but my pistol will work, kind of thing. And like that's like the weakness or something. So something like that. Sometimes that works, but um. There's not individual stakes, but you do get like a special cutscene for each character who you max out mm-hmm. at the end. So if you don't max out everybody, then you miss out on like their special unique cutscene at the end, mm-hmm. which not that big of a deal in this grand scale of things. They all survive or they all fail, depending on which ending you get. Um, but as I was saying, like the gameplay, I felt like the gameplay is actually probably the weakest element of the game, which is weird because it's very it's very straightforward turn-based rpg taking turns exploiting enemy weaknesses making sure your weaknesses aren't exploited stuff like that very cookie cutter again i'm not gonna get too much into the weeds of it because i do want to do like a proper review maybe next time but uh persona 5 royal one of the all-time greats not a perfect game but pretty damn close to a perfect game Mm -hmm. so we'll leave it at that for now and that's kind of all i've been playing johnny that's really all i've been oh I played a little bit more of Mario Party, but I kind of already told you about Mario Party, so I'm not going to delve into that. But I played a little more, a little more Mario Party Superstars over the weekend with some friends, and that was a good time. Other than that, 
I don't really have much else to talk about. I know next week I'm going to have more to talk about because by then I'll have played Forza Horizon 5. Mm-hmm. By then I will have played San Andreas. Mm. By then, uh, well, just those two really. I was going to get Vanguard. I was going to get Call of Duty Vanguard. I heard so much bad shit about Exactly that. why I did not get it. And also because I'm leaning towards Battlefield this year. Yeah. Oh, Battlefield looks fucking cool. Exactly. Some Not hating on Call of Duty, but I there's like so much cinematic game. It looks dope. It looks dope. Yeah. Even though I'm kind of bummed that it doesn't have a campaign, it's literally just the multiplayer. Which if they made it more twitchy though, like a twitcher, it doesn't look as yeah. It looks less methodical, a little more fast paced. Yeah, which my style was. I like methodical, and then shit just fucking happens. You know, mm-hmm. like um, stuff does happen. Yeah, but I like I like that like. I like go- I like going into games where I'm like super stealthy, and then I sn- I snipe I pick motherfuckers off one on ones, and then when we get to the end everything gets tight and it's just chaos. I like seeing that, but mm-hmm. you know I mean Call of Duty kind of has that, but not it's not as tight feeling as Battlefield. Yeah, Call of Duty is much more arcadey and it's quick in quick out, which is great. But Battlefield is like I gotta dedicate at least half an hour to this one battle to this mm-hmm. one match. Yeah, and it's meaningful. It's not like, oh, I fucking died or whatever. I just restart. It's meaningful. Like, you don't want to spend, like, 15 minutes and then you don't win, you know? True. I guess, I guess if you want to put it that way, you want to put, like, in time investment and, like, that kind of determines how, like, the victory condition, then I could see, I could agree with you on that. So, anyways, uh, I think that's going to be it for us today, Johnny. Unless there was anything else you wanted to add? No. Not really? Not really? Yeah, we're going to skip the pitch today, guys. Again, I know we skipped it last time, but I'm really pressed on time because I did not expect to get a flat tire today. So that ate up a good chunk of like at least, I don't know, half an hour, maybe more. Yeah, we're probably we're probably going to hibernate the pitch for a little while. We might sunset for that sunset for a while, I think. I feel like we've reached the potential of what we can do with that. No, it'll still come up, but it's we're not going to do it like every time. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like uh, if I have a great idea or if like we're just like, you know, we have the time for it kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Johnny, for joining me as always. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, hopefully you weren't looking forward only to the pitch because otherwise you'll be disappointed. <laughs> but hopefully the banter, the what we've been playing, the news and all the stuff we talked about does interest you. So if you have made it this far in the podcast and most of you do. Uh, thank you for getting this far. Thank you for finding us interesting enough to listen to. We appreciate your support all the time. Uh, we are still growing, so that's always a good sign. One more thing. If you guys can send me some good anime recommendations, I'd really appreciate that. Mm. Either on Netflix, not not Crunchyroll, just give me like Netflix or YouTube. Or okay, you know Crunchyroll is free, right? Is it? There's a free membership, but you, ha- but you do get like ads like every 10 minutes. That's not bad. Okay, I'll take every recommendation for animes. So Netflix primarily because you know you don't get ads on Netflix, but also get yeah Crunchyroll, Netflix. Give them some uh, nothing that's on Funimation because he doesn't have Funimation. You have to pay for that one. Hmm. So send Johnny some Rex. Basically, just send it to our email address and I'll read it to him. Uh, that is DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Uh, thank you guys for getting this far. Of course, if you have any recommendations outside of anime, if you just want to tell us a suggestion or a comment or a thought you had, or you want to share anything, send us your thoughts. Send us your thoughts. But for this specific week, please also include anime thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, that's gonna be it for us. So thank you, uh, and we'll reach. You'll hear from us next week. Goodbye. <laughs>